to a new episode of what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business. I'm Jennifer Wan and I am very enthusiastic about British politics because I had no friends as a child. Um, so a lot happened this week. We have a lot to talk about and um, a lot to be judgmental and catty about. So that's my idea of a good time. <laughs> um, so let's get stuck into all the mess and the drama because there's a lot i read the weirdest fucking thing this weekend and i thought What is going on? Am I... Am I hallucinating? <laughs> I want to read you this this headline. Bexley councillor Danny Hackett sought to buy Simone Hannah's socks on Twitter space. Bitch, what the fuck? So, a counsellor from London went on to a Twitter space. If you don't know what a Twitter space is, it's basically like Twitter's ripoff of Clubhouse. So it's like an audio chat between different Twitter users. And like some people can join to like, you know, chat with people or whatever. I was actually thinking of doing one in a couple weeks um to kind of get you guys involved and we could talk about stuff and it could be you know on the show i get you know your hot takes and whatever um so he went on to a twitter space where i assume this person simone hannah i'm not entirely sure who she is um from what i can tell like she's quite popular like on tory twitter i guess good for her um so he went onto the twitter space where she was speaking and um he offered her 100 pounds to buy her socks <sighs> i, I I thank God every day that I don't have to interact with men on a regular basis. (laughs) 
what the fuck? I... Girl. So, Simone Hanna responded by bringing up allegations from 2019, um, where he apparently, allegedly sent, um, explicit pictures of himself to girls, which was reported in a local newspaper. I mean, is anyone surprised? A man that goes on a public internet place and harasses a young girl. I mean, obviously that was going to be his origin story. So, apparently this man was drunk. Who cares? That's not an excuse as far as I am fucking concerned because that's grim. Um, so Danny Hackett apparently denied the allegations that he had sent explicit pictures of himself to girls. Um, and then he apparently talked about it for an hour before logging off. Uh, he then fucking threatened to make a reappearance because, wow. I just... <sighs> Bitch, what the fuck? I... So this man's apparently an independent counsellor now. Uh, but in the picture that is posted of him, he's wearing a, a Labour rosette. Oh, I want to know what happened there. Let's have a fucking look. His name feels really familiar to me and I don't really know why. Oh my god. Oh. God, not this. Oh my god. He got into a Twitter fight with Lily Allen. This man is so fucking weird. I hate it here. So he tweeted Lily Allen and he said, Why do you diminish the achievements of Labour in power and a Labour Prime Minister? just hashtag curious p.s really liked it's not me it's you and she quote tweeted and just said why are you tweeting me when game of thrones is on <laughs> oh my god she's an icon <laughs> just i so apparently it all started because she tweeted why is Tony Blair such a so I suppose it, they censored it so I'm, I'm assuming it's dick why is Tony Blair such a dick and then this counsellor tweeted back to her and said why are you so irrelevant bitch this is a man that is only famous or relevant for allegedly sending pictures of himself in a state of undress to women and for fucking sexually harassing a young girl on a Twitter space and now getting into a fight with Lily Allen. You want to talk about a relevancy? This little bitch. I... <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> this man seems fucking unhinged. Like, I literally... I... This man seems creepy to me. Like, I'm sorry, but what the fuck? Mm. This man is creepy as hell. I don't like it. I really don't like it. Let's see what else we can find. I'm on the Google. Okay, apparently he quit the Labour Party, but refused to call a by-election. But why? What's the tea? Apparently he quit the party due to hmm. he apparently made the agonizing decision to leave the party because of hmm, bullying I Okay. I mean, he waited until February 2019 to leave, but he talks about bullying and anti-Semitism being the reasons that he left the party. Okay. I mean, all right. So then, of course, there's this article. What? I'm so... What? Oh, my God. So, the allegations of him sending indecent images, allegedly, because I don't know if this bitch has a lawyer. Allegedly, allegedly. Oh, my God. What? Apparently one of the girls was allegedly, allegedly 17. Oh my God. Oh my God. What the fuck? Allegedly, he found specific girls' numbers and then asked them where they were staying and drunk called them, allegedly saying he wanted to have wine and watch adult films. (sighs) Baby, I feel sick. That is fucking disgusting, allegedly. Uh, mm. Uh. Oh my God. What the what the fuck? Allegedly. I Oh my god. That is fucking shocking. I mean, obviously these are allegations, but I mean, we know that he was being a fucking creep 
to this girl on Twitter, on the Twitter space, because, I mean, people saw it happen in real time, so, mm. wow, and he's still out there being a fucking counsellor, my god, my god, um, allegedly, terrible, allegedly, um, God, let's move on before I say something that gets me sued. Um, so Angela Rayner had a bit of a weekend. She's been at a labor conference. She had something to say. Her name is Angela Rayner and she has something to say. Everyone in the labor party has something to say. My God. Um, so she said this. I'm sick of shouting from the sidelines and I bet you lot are too. We cannot get any worse than a bunch of scum, homophobic, racist, misogynistic, absolute pile of banana republic, Etonian piece of scum that I have ever seen in my life. Well, all right, girl, tell us how you really feel. (laughs) She insisted that she held back a little. So there are a lot of people um, that have a lot of thoughts and feelings over what she said. Um, there are some people that believe she should make an apology. Keir Starmer was asked about this um, in an interview and he... He didn't really give an answer either way. He was like, you know, um, I wouldn't have said that. And it's like, yeah, bitch, we know, but we weren't asking about you, were we? Me personally, listen, I mean, here's the thing, the, uh, <laughs> there is homophobia within the go- the government, I mean, Boris Johnson out here calling people tank-topped bum boys, fucking, we've got people in the cabinet that did not vote for equal marriage we've got people in the cabinet uh that basically think the fight for lgbt rights is over um so you know (laughs) just saying uh we've certainly got some racists boris of course king of the racists um misogynistic yep yep we got that too um banana republic yeah that's fair atonian yep got a lot of them piece of scum I mean, they had to be cyberbullied by Marcus Rashford to feed hungry kids. So I'm going to say yes. So, I mean, it's not like anything she said was inaccurate, but it's one of those things where it's like, she's right, but she shouldn't say it, apparently. Um, And there are a lot of people very angry with her for saying it. But what's interesting is that there weren't a lot of people angry with Conservative MP James Gray, who said this. Does anybody know where Annalise Dodd's commons office is based? I need to deliver something to her office. The bitch was talking about a bomb. So, Labour conference is being held in Brighton. um, And there was a previous Conservative conference uh, in 1984 where a bomb killed five people. Um, there was a bombing by the IRA which killed a number of people um, 
and he decided it would be funny and cute and whatever to make a joke about doing the same thing to a Labour MP. And I'm sorry, but I just find it interesting that we don't see all the people currently yelling at Angela Rayner to apologise are not are not given the same energy to this man who literally talked about bombing a Labour MP. And his excuse was absolute bullshit as well. He was like, this was a foolish remark made on a private WhatsApp and deleted almost immediately. I meant no offence of any kind and I hope none was taken. What do you mean you meant no offence? You, you were joking about bombing a woman. How is she not meant to take offence to that? What the fuck did Annalise Dodds ever do to you? Are you talking about bombing her? Girl. I meant no offence. Is it drugs? Are you on crack? What the fuck? Honestly. But it's pretty wild that Angela Rayner, everyone's yelling at her, everyone's subtweeting her, everyone's talking about how she should go. And no one's talking about a man who was literally like, <laughs> we should bomb members of the shadow cabinet. What the fuck? Honestly, I... Oh. There was also a bit of upset at Labour conference because the Sun newspaper were allowed to be involved. Um, for those uh, outside of the UK or my pals um, who don't know, the Sun newspaper is... I mean, calling it a newspaper is actually very generous. Um... It is known in a lot of parts of the UK as the scum uh, because they have hurt a lot of people with their journalism. Um, Probably the most notable would be uh, the victims of the Hillsborough disaster and their families. The Sun made up a lot of lies talking about how... um, how the victims were, you know, were violent, were thieves, were criminals, uh, none of which was true, but it was very distressing for the victims' families and for the people of Liverpool who then boycotted the sun and it is now pretty much impossible to get a copy of the sun in Liverpool because the city of Liverpool is iconic and we had no choice but to stand. Um, they have also, as a publication, targeted minorities throughout the years and... Um, the LGBT community, um, black people, Asian people, single mothers, like, honestly, like, literally everybody. They just basically run off of hatred. It's disgusting. Um, But they have been allowed to be part of Labour conference, and there were a number of people that were not very happy, um, including one of Labour's mayors, Steve Rotherham, who said, I will be making my views known to the Labour Party leadership regarding the offensive decision to allow the sun, although he spelt the sun with like a star instead of the U, uh, anywhere near the Labour Party conference in Brighton, it is not welcome. And Maria Eagle, who's a Labour MP, also agreed and said, quite right. I fucking agree. I fucking agree, to be real. Like, (laughs) yeah, fair enough. Uh, GB News also had a stand at Labour conference, which a lot of people in the Labour Party were upset about as well. Um... I'm assuming it's one of those things where they paid to be there and so the decision was made to allow that. Um, 
I mean, obviously the party has to pay for the conference somehow, but I feel like if you are just skipping out on your principles entirely to pay for the conference, maybe you could scale it down and look at what you could maybe cut back on rather than doing that. Like, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> you have to remember as well, Labour has probably the biggest membership base. Um, so I'm, I'm just saying as well, you know, you get money from your members. So do you really need to also be taking money from right-wing publications there we are um so what else happened what else been going on Mm. (laughs) that was so stupid (laughs) sorry um So, everyone's been talking about petrol. Everyone's talking about petrol. I don't drive, so I'm not. Uh, but my housemate does. But she she has a relatively full tank right now, so she's good. But we went out on Friday night, and it was really funny because we <laughs> we drove past sort of like quite a few garages on you know on the way out, and there was just massive queues. It was insane. Why, you may ask? Well, it's quite the mystery, darling. So, um, basically what happened was there was, I think, a few, um, a few garages that were having a bit of a problem getting petrol delivered because there weren't enough drivers, I think. Do you know what? This has all become very confusing. I'm not really sure what's going on. Um, but I, th- I think that was the issue. It was just a few. And then that got picked up by the press who talked about it. And then people started panicking because they thought, well, what if this happens to garages all across the country? And then what if it happens all across the UK? And there's just nowhere to get petrol. And so people went out and panic bought. And there was people trying to get as much petrol as they could. This was made worse by the government repeatedly asking people not to panic buy. <laughs> And so now, it doesn't matter what time of day you go, there's going to be massive queues, people trying to get as much petrol as they can, it's fucking wild. Um, It was a mess, girl. It was a mess. So the roads have been a bit crazy. And that was made worse by um, some protests that have been happening. So there's a group called Insulate Britain and their wish, their hope, their dream is for housing in the UK, particularly social housing, to be isolated. No, insulated. (laughs) Isolated? I mean, a lot of social housing is isolated. They tend to build it very far away. Where I used to live, um, I used to live on a on an estate, and we were hidden away from the rest of the village, like literally on top of a hill, behind like a load of trees. It was <laughs> it was hilarious. A lot of the time, people didn't even realise there was a housing estate there. It was really funny. Um, but anyway, so they want social housing to be insulated because that is better for the environment. It reduces energy costs, and it's just an all round good idea. Um, however. To try and get that message across to the government, they have done something quite unpopular. They are protesting 
on key roads across the UK, including the M25. Um, so they are sitting down in the middle of the road. <laughs> just sitting down, just sitting down. Um, and people are getting very frustrated. Uh, the government is trying to do what they can to stop the protests. Um, I would have thought maybe inviting them for a meeting and hearing them out and listening to what they have to say would probably be more productive, probably quicker and cheaper too than going down the legal route, which the government seems to be doing. <laughs> um, but what, what do I know? I'm, I'm just a dumb girl. I don't know. Um, on to something different. Um, so I, I released my new album this week, my new album. It's, um, it's apparently very good according to my mother. Um, (laughs) and also other people, like other people were having a good time. Um, it does contain, um, the single I talked about a couple of weeks ago. And I have made the decision that every year at the end of the year, all of the, profits and royalties and all that that I make from my song Widow and the remix for that will be donated to the Terence Higgins Trust and that's nice and I love that um but you know who else is a main pop girly now Kevin Brannan he's a Labour MP a main pop girly we had no choice but to stand he has released a single from his upcoming solo album it's actually really fun I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Um, He's also... uh, He is a member of the... um, The quartet of pop girlies. Let's just say that. I mean, most people would say like a band, but I'm going to call it something else. Um, MP4, which is a band that is made up of members of parliament. Um... And you know what? They actually have some bops too. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, So yeah, he's released a new single. And it's very fun and good. Um, So you should search him up. Stream him. Give him some of that Spotify coin. Because God knows he's not going to get much per stream. Because nobody does. Because Spotify is a scam. Um, (laughs) Um... There was a little bit of uh, upset during the public bill committee. Um, The chair asked everyone to wear face masks masks when they weren't speaking. Opposition MPs and staff did, and apparently every Tory MP refused. (sighs) Girl... These kids are out here pretending the pandemic is over. I... So, let's talk about Tory conference briefly. There was a a story this week about how the COVID-19 bereaved families group applied for accreditation. There we go. I'm gonna have to start like <laughs> Duolingo, like Spanish to English. <laughs> because, girl. <laughs> so, 
some of us just don't speak English well, okay? And if you make fun of me, I'm gonna tell my Twitter followers you're racist. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. Um, they applied for accreditation. I gotta write that time to the Tory conference, but they had their application rejected without explanation. And then, magically, when that decision was made public and the media started talking about it and people were angry and upset, suddenly decisions were reversed. Apparently it was an error. Sure, Jan. There's a lot of that going around. Accidents, errors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, Jan. Um, hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. So... I think it's time I think it is time that we talk about Boris Johnson and we also get to talk about Mark Drakeford to take the edge off so (laughs) stan Mark Drakeford we had no choice but to stan um so (laughs) um a clip of Mark Drakeford in a a documentary uh resurfaced (laughs) I had to laugh. I had to laugh. I really appreciate Mark Drakeford. Let's have a listen. Thanks, everybody, for joining this call. Um, I think we must uh, urgently look at the implications of the uh, travel bans that our my European friends have uh, imposed. <laughs> we will hear from, uh, from Mark Drakeford uh, and... Uh, and uh, and very silent. <laughs> Not Mark Drake for laughing. No. Go. <laughs> oh, he is so tired of this clown. He was so tired, man. What a king. Dear me, he really, really is awful. <laughs> Imagine that some deadly new variant of the virus had been discovered in France, and they were trying to persuade us that there was no need to take any action to stop uh, French lorry drivers from driving across the country. Uh, no, I don't think there's anything at all. Other than wringing our hands in a sense of despair. really frustrating for the leaders of the devolved administrations because I mean this is their lives this is what they have to put up with Boris Johnson being a fucking moron and doing his whole like bumbling carry on character act and they have to sit there and be like bitch I have a whole country to run can you like be normal please like what the fuck why do the English stand for this and all your shenanigans? I... God. 
<laughs> same Mark Drakeford, same. Um, also, you know what? Speaking of the devolved leadership, leaders of devolved places, Michelle O'Neill, who is the Deputy First Minister of Northern Ireland, um, talked this week about suffering really badly with COVID-19. Um, I'm really glad that she's well again and she's recovered. Uh, she did say that having the full cycle of vaccinations, she believes, is what helped her to recover. Um, and she she spoke about hoping that people will get the vaccinations too. Um, I'm very glad that she's feeling better. And I think it's great that she's also using her experience to talk about this and try and help other people. I am hoping, this will sound really delusional, but I'm a delusional kind of gal. I have hope that one day this pandemic will end. Is that crazy? Am I crazy when I say that? Maybe, but I mean, go, I got I got to hope for something because I mean, <laughs> my only other wishes are like, I would like a government that isn't the Conservatives, and that's not going to happen. Not right now. <laughs> the breakup of the union's doable, but... But that would probably result in an even stronger Tory government, so... So the only thing I can really aim for apart from that is, like, the pandemic will end. Hopefully, one day. We'll see. Let's have a little chat about Boris Johnson. What's he been up to? <laughs> he said earlier this week uh, that he does not believe that rising household bills and the cuts to universal credit will result in families struggling this winter. I mean, what do you even say to that? I I mean, yeah, I get it. Being out of touch is kind of his whole brand. But Jesus, that's... Boris, that's mad. I... I truly do not know a stupid a man. I... He also... <laughs> he also said this week that cancelling Christmas this year was very much not the plan which makes me feel really nervous for the fate of Christmas because (laughs) because every time he says something's gonna happen or it's not gonna happen the opposite is normally true I listen I mean here's the thing like last year obviously I understand why the decision had to be made to not allow you know, in-house gatherings in certain parts of the country. I understand that. I do, completely. However, the problem was, is that Boris Johnson had the information that that decision had to be made for a long time before he actually did it. So he let people get their hopes up. He let people spend money. He let people make plans. And then he turned around and said, uh, actually, fuck your Christmas. And so... I mean, it's quite natural people are going to be insecure about it again this year and are not going to trust him. So, uh, mm, God, 
<laughs> maybe think about that um so <laughs> Uh, there was also a report about one of Boris Johnson's aides who apparently, <laughs> uh, girl, who apparently was trying to silence a journalist who was asking Boris Johnson a difficult question and was being told to shut up by one of Boris Johnson's aides. Girl. <laughs> I just I don't understand why political staff do that shit because then it becomes a story like I don't I don't understand why they haven't learned this by now because the same thing always happens like it's not the first time that like a member of staff has tried to like persuade a journalist to stop asking a difficult question and it always ends this way so why would you do it go so Boris Johnson he went on a, a little trip <laughs> he went overseas he went to america um he's been having a, a time and a half with big joe joe biden um and <laughs> it was uh <laughs> girl one of the questions he was asked by a journalist well, they solved the mystery. <laughs> so for a long time, it has uh, <laughs> it has been a bit of a mystery about Boris Johnson as to how many children he has. Because, well, he gets around. But also... <laughs> God. Also because there was rumours of a secret child that he had that he he refused to acknowledge he refused to be part of their life and things like that and so for a long time it said on his wikipedia that he had i think it was at least five children like it specifically said at least five and i, I mean girl <laughs> i just kind of gross um so um so a journalist finally asked him the question and he said yes he has six children <laughs> i mean i just find it funny that a man who is the head of the government that is constantly telling people you know don't have too many kids other people shouldn't be looking after your kids and especially a man like boris johnson who spent a lot of time uh throughout his career attacking single mothers this is a man that has created at least two single mothers potentially three uh depending on which of his children he feels like acknowledging um he's creating single mothers and then he rails on them and he he acts like they're bad people sweetie sweetie you're the bad people the badness is coming from inside the house bitch um it was just a funny moment but i actually i saw a, a comment on a, on a story about this on reddit and it made me so depressed someone said the closest contact some of his kids will have with him is watching him on bbc news and i just thought fucking hell it's sad but true isn't it like 
again, I mean to slut shame, but he's kind of forcing my hand at this point. Like, I, <laughs> girl. Um, so there was a bit of a um, a discussion, a heated discussion, maybe like a bit of mm, a bit of a kerfuffle. I think we could call it that. Um, so Joe Biden had been asked about Northern Ireland, um, and Joe Biden had been clear um, that he was committed to making sure that you know things in northern ireland and the republic of ireland were stable and that it was important to him um george eustace who's the environment secretary uh decided to jump in on this and in an interview with sky news said the northern ireland protocol is very complicated and i'm not sure that joe biden does fully appreciate all of that I really don't think it does much for the special relationship to talk to the president of the United States of America like he's stupid. I don't think it really helps to, like, island explain to the president of the United States of America, who is also an Irish-American and for a number of years has been very interested in Ireland and Northern Ireland and has done his research and clearly knows a lot more about this than a lot of previous presidents would. I don't think it's a good idea to be talking down to him on this. But I mean, <laughs> the clown's gonna clown, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Boris also tried to speak a bit of French my french is terrible uh i should i should have i've got a friend um who who's very good at french and i should have got her on to help me but alas um he said this is gonna be really rough i'm really sorry to any french people listening right now or like french canadians or other countries where they speak french i'm sorry i don't i don't remember all of them (laughs) but i'm sorry for what i'm about to do (laughs) to your language um, prenez and grip and donez moi and break. Um, <laughs> the politics for all Twitter account put that into a translating app, and apparently it translates to take a grip and give me a station wagon. So I, I don't really understand what he was trying to say to the people of France. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I <laughs> honestly I don't I I don't know what like what the fuck um I I don't really I I, I have no idea um, so apparently there is a deal between Australia the UK and America um involving submarines and defense and security right and so apparently people in france are upset about this um 
or the French government anyway, I would assume. And so that was Boris Johnson's response. Take a grip and give me a station wagon. Wise words from the bitch. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I mean... <laughs> What can I say? The man is a clown. Um, And a clown who poorly speaks French, uh, which is funny because he likes to brag about how linguistically talented he is. Um, So uh, Boris Johnson also weighed in on Strictly this week. Uh, There was a big row over Strictly Come Dancing because apparently three of the dancing professionals... Sorry, for those outside the UK that don't know what Strictly Come Dancing is, it's basically a show where celebrities learn to ballroom dance and then like they do that and then they go to Blackpool for a week which is nice for them and I want to get on that show just so I can go there because I like going there it's nice um and then (laughs) uh and then one of them like wins at the end and they get like a trophy or something um I think they have it in America as well. It's called like Dancing with the Stars over there, I think. I don't know. But anyways, so Strictly Come Dancing is, you know, a huge show over here every year. It's really massive. Um, But three of the professionals on the show have refused the COVID vaccine. um, And there are some celebrities um, who are not too sure they want to dance with people that haven't had the vaccine. And so Boris Johnson got involved and he said that everybody, he said, everyone should take their jabs. And I'm saying that not in a bullying way, (laughs) but just because I think it's a great thing to do. Um, Okay. Uh, Fair enough. Um, Boris Johnson also had the audacity this week to tell the UN to listen to scientists. Really? (laughs) He also said it was time for the world to grow up. Again, really? Really? The nerve? I... Let's listen to this little clip. Let's listen to this little clip that we have. And when Kermit the Frog... Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. Do you remember that one? God, I, I... I want you to know that he was wrong. He was wrong. It is easy. It's not only easy, it's lucrative, and it's right to be green. Although he was also unnecessarily rude to Miss Piggy, I thought, uh, Kermit the Frog. And when Kermit the... I don't think... Firstly, I don't think a man like Boris Johnson should be giving advice on how to treat women, um, considering that he routinely abandons them when he gets bored of them. Um, Secondly, keep Kermit's name out your damn mouth, bitch. I hope Disney sue him. I... Secondly, everybody knows that that's not... like. Being Green is not a song about recycling. Everyone knows that. But he fucking twisted it, fucking jumped through hoops just to make the bit work. And it still didn't fucking work. Like, I... 
I just can't with this bitch. I can't with this bitch. Do you know what I mean? Baby, I'm tired. (sighs) He's just fucking exhausting to me. I... I'm 90% sure that Boris Johnson is the cause of my clinical depression. Like, for real. (laughs) Some people may say that it's a a chemical imbalance, but I'm like, nah, it's that bitch in Downing Street, I'm telling you. A lot of people this week uh, were talking about Keir Starmer's big essay. Um, (laughs) um, He wrote a pamphlet which was supposed to be for like internal labour staff. You know, people in the Labour Party would be reading it. But everybody else was talking about it. I have some thoughts. I <laughs> I read as much as I could, let's just say that. And I I am somebody I I I can I can read no problem. I remember being a kid, I read Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince in like 48 hours after buying it. So reading long things not an issue for me. However, reading long things that are also and listen i don't i don't want to drag keir starmer here but mark darcy either go to some writing classes or hire someone to do it for you because christ girl i baby i was bored (laughs) i was bored i was like He's not a compelling enough writer to ask me to read over 10k words. That's unreasonable of him to ask because this is not... It's not compelling. Like, I'm sorry, girl. Like... (laughs) I... (laughs) Um... I feel like if he was going to do this... I I don't know. Like, maybe video content might have been a better option... Because I think, you know, the whole point is he was supposed to be laying out, like, his thoughts on the party and the future of the party and all this. But I just feel like this is going to be something that only, like, really, like, ride or die Keir Starmer fans will read in full. <laughs> I think everyone else is just kind of getting the crib notes version because nobody wants to sit there and read through this fucking Eeyore-esque fucking Dickens adjacent just pile of wank. I'm sorry, but girl. Keir Starmer writes essays like Robert Peston asks questions and that's not a compliment to either of those men. Um... I just... God. <laughs> um... <laughs> the most interesting thing about his little essay was... <laughs> 
was a line from a column by somebody else. <laughs> I, my unproblematic fave, um, my fantasy wife and also fantasy first minister of scotland mary black she did a column in the national and she said i could write a 1200 word essay oh wait no that's twelve thousand. sorry maybe i lied when i said i could read i don't know <laughs> i just can't read numbers i find them confusing but anyway i could write a 12 thousand word essay about the particular mess of things the uk government has created but i will leave the long tedious compositions to sir Starmer. <laughs> what an icon i you see that's that is how you create interesting engaging writing she's making me laugh She's keeping me engaged. She's interesting. She is the moment. But, but Kiss Dharma? Girl, I mean, maybe I'm just like extra judgmental because, like, <laughs> because, like, you know, writing is, is something I know a lot about. And so I look at this and, and I'm like, girl, I didn't need to be this long. If you can't make your point in a shorter word count than this, maybe you're not 100% sure on what you're trying to say, you know? But <laughs> everyone was talking about it because it's like, oh, Keir Starmer. His name is Keir Starmer and he has something to say. Um, God, it was 35 pages. hire an editor it's not like you can't fucking afford it jesus anyways um so it was called the road ahead um okay and he was talking about you know what he would like to do with the labor government and things like that he apparently wants to allow the public to take back control of their lives. Um, so obviously he, or whoever wrote this for him, because I mean, I don't know, maybe he had it ghostwritten. But to be fair, I don't think so, because if he hired a ghostwriter, surely they would, you know, they would know not to make it this long. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, it kind of looks like he's kind of taken notice of the fact that you know short slogans work for the government um by including the whole take back control of their lives thing um it's just a shame i guess that he couldn't you know expand on that thought and be like ah oh, what if we what, what if we made this whole presentation a little bit shorter and snappier okay i mean listen here's the thing there are a lot of people like i i actually tweeted about this and you know i got a couple replies and also a couple dms and they were all you know the same thing it was immediately you know jumping to his defense by saying this is for like internal use this is not for the public to see and i mean okay 
But even if that is true, it doesn't really bode well for what he thinks is going to be good communication with the public. I mean, for example, I'm loyal as fuck to my party, but I'm not going to fucking sit there and read a fucking 35 page fucking over 10k word document at the start of the fucking weekend because nicola sturgeon asked me nicely i'd be like nah sis you're gonna need to slim that down for me because i have a life i have shit to do (laughs) like not even with my insomnia babe like i like who oh it really kind of shows how you know a lot of the time people sort of within the inner circles of politics they think everyone has time to read their narcissistic overly long quite poorly written essays there are normal people that join political parties you know and they don't have fucking time for this i mean god um so what else did he talk about and his do you know the worst part he had the audacity to call it a pamphlet bitch I, <laughs> it's a short novella it's the audacity for me um so apparently it was designed to defy critics who have bemoaned his lack of ideology okay girl uh he talked about wanting to repair the public finances and build a contribution society that rewards hard work I don't feel that that is a clever thing to say to a society that is already being worked with pretty much no reward. Like, it just... I mean, firstly, no one's going to believe you. Because, like, the current government said that and the government before that said that. And just pretty much every government ever has said that. Um, And I think people currently, you know, we're in a, a time where you know a lot of people working full-time still don't have enough in terms of what they get paid they have no hope of being able to own a home in the future people are tired of being told if you work hard you'll be rewarded because we all know by now it's not true and Keir Starmer saying that doesn't make it feel any different so I again it just kind of feels like he's like high up in the fucking clouds and he's not living in the real world like i understand obviously as the opposition he kind of has to say that but mm, i would have worded that differently contribution society god what does that even go um he says a labor government would draw on the spirit of togetherness sparked by the covid pandemic to build a society in which families and communities are put before individuals. God, what togetherness. I don't understand this narrative of everybody fucking came together with COVID. I mean, sure, you know, people clapped on their doorsteps for a bit and occasionally people will go out and help their neighbours with the shopping. But, you know, there was still a lot of selfishness going around, darling. Like, 
Do you not remember the panic buying? Well, guess what? It's happening again if you need a refresher. We'll go into that in a little bit. Um, I feel like this whole togetherness thing is something that people in privileged situations have kind of dreamed up was happening for everybody else. Um, there are a lot of people that were not really feeling the love. There were people that were screwed over by their employers. There were people that were screwed over by landlords. Um, people that have been struggling for over a year who probably don't want to hear about this fucking spirit of togetherness. I, pff, girl. Girl. Um... So apparently people within the Labour Party believe the public are now willing to give Starmer a hearing um, and that he has rebuilt trust in the party. Apparently people also believe that Keir Starmer could be Prime Minister. Girl... I know it's Labour so it's messy, but like, he can't even convince half of his own party that he could be prime minister so and i don't want this to come across like i'm coming for kirstama because i'm not like like i said like i like the man just fine and frankly i don't really care who is leader of the labor party because like i don't get a choice in that it's not my decision it's up to their party's members whatever um but i just i feel like If this is how he chooses to introduce his vision for him as Prime Minister... I mean... Because this is the thing. A lot of people um, in the Labour Party, in the Labour movement, kept saying all the time since this was released, they were like, oh, it's not for the public, it's not for the public. But then they're also saying about how it's... how. Keir Starmer is being introduced as a future prime minister or whatever and I'm like well which is it bitch because it can't be both um and I feel like I feel like he needs to fix the Labour Party before he can walk around saying I'm gonna be the fucking prime minister I mean obviously he should be aiming to be prime minister obviously but is that gonna happen while the Labour Party still outwardly looks a mess probably not And the Labour Party still outwardly looks a fucking mess. Whether he wants to admit that or not, I don't know. I... Speaking of the mess, um, there was part of it where he said the party had risked wallowing in sepia-tinged nostalgia in recent years and become a party squabbling over its own past rather than one focused on the future of the country. I mean, yeah, that is true. That is true. But the question is, Keir Starmer, who may or may not have inspired Mark Darcy from Bridget Jones, what are you going to do about it? Simply fucking dragging them and saying, oh, you're all a bunch of nostalgic babies. That doesn't actually fix the problem. And it doesn't fix the fact that your party looks like an absolute clown show on a weekly basis because of the constant infighting and the constant drama. Just calling them fucking 
clowns or whatever i mean he didn't say that but like he was basically saying that that doesn't actually fix the problem so the question is what 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 is your solution what are you going to do to bring the party together and try and change its image into something serious that isn't obsessed with itself that is actually listening to what people want and need you know i i don't feel he really provided answers i mean he provided some ideas and some policies in terms of what he would do in government that sound nice but he hasn't really answered the question of how do i fix the mess that is my party and get into government and i think that's the major problem Keir Starmer does not seem to have an answer to that question. Is that question made harder for him by the fact that his party is chaotic? Yes. Um, but he's the leader now and it's his job to deal with it. So like, sorry, girl. No one made him run. No one put a gun to his head. Speaking of Labour Party mess... Labour Party mess. God. These children. So, you know, I talked a little while ago about um, the chair of Young Labour who was randomly told she was going to be investigated for no fucking reason and then they ended up cancelling the investigation. Well, guess what? This thing that apparently happened by accident to the chair of Young Labour has happened again to a Labour MP. So Kate Osborne put out a statement on Twitter um, and this is what it said. Without warning this morning, the Labour Party served me with a notice of investigation, making serious allegations of breach of the party rules. I was shocked and unnerved by getting such a letter and was puzzled at what the party was saying about me. I thought my job as an MP was on the line and that I faced public shaming in front of my constituents as some will always say there's no smoke without fire. Well, there is. The charges were completely baseless. The evidence relied on made no sense. There there never was anything that was a breach of the rules. I was told I could not discuss the matter with anyone except the Samaritans. God, what the fuck? Wow. Luckily, I had access to immediate legal advice and my solicitor wrote a very strongly worded letter, utterly rejecting the allegations. Shortly after the legal letter, the party withdrew the investigation, claiming it was an administrative error and apologised for the mistake and the distress it had caused me. So... How, how does this happen twice? How does a complaint, get, a complaint get sent out to somebody? How does a person get told they are under investigation? How does all of this get sent with attachments, on the email, everything? How does a person get told that they are not allowed to speak about the complaint to anybody 
except the Samaritans. And then how does that all turn out to have been an administrative error? Twice. What the actual fuck is going on in the Labour Party? How does that happen? How on earth does that happen just once, let alone twice in the space of a few weeks? Maybe Kirstama should have written something about that in his little fucking dissertation. I... What the fuck? And again, this is a situation where if Kate Osborne was not an MP who also did not have access to the legal help that she had, which she she did acknowledge that, if she didn't have that, would we be hearing about this now? Um, there's a bit more to her statements, but she said, I am one of the fortunate ones, but how many others are left stewing whilst ill-considered baseless allegations have rained down upon them? She's right. She luckily had the resources to be able to get help and to find out what was going on. How many others are not in that position? How, how is it, how? A mistake? Oh no. Mm-mm. I don't think. I really don't think. Um, it's. I, I don't. I just. I don't understand. Um, what the fuck? I don't understand anything about this situation. How on earth? does this happen twice apparently by accident I go not this um so it's conference season ladies labor conference has been a bit of a a wild ride let's just say that um, so labor related conference drama actually started a little while ago when Rosie Duffield, who we've talked about before, she is a labor member of parliament, um, and she has she's faced a lot of controversy but she's also been celebrated from other sides of this debate because of her views on transgender issues and things so Rosie Duffield has spoken about the fact that she did not feel safe to attend the Labour Party conference. This is not the first time that female members of Parliament have felt unsafe at party conferences. Um, Luciana Berger, a few years ago, um, she 
was able to attend um, the Labour Party conference, but she was only able to do that because she hired security staff to be there. And I think there was armed police as well um, because she had received a number of threats. Um, And so Rosie Duffield has said that she's received a number of threats and so doesn't feel safe going to conference. So firstly, I want to start by saying this. The fact that this is a recurring issue, to me, to me it says that there is still an incredibly obvious problem with threats to particularly women. Luciana Berger received far more threats than men in her party that spoke up about anti-Semitism. And I think it's pretty obvious why that is. I remember, I talked about this on my other podcast, but um, a couple of months ago, I there was this man that started like emailing me through my website uh there's a contact form on there and he can email me and he started sending me all of these absolutely abhorrent frankly fucking insane emails about Luciana Berger he had all these fucking conspiracies in there all this misogynistic disgusting shit and it was it was relentless Um, He once spent basically a whole day sending me messages about her. Um, All because I had talked about her in one tweet and he had found it and then found my website and then just sort of bombarded me with all this wild shit that lived in his head about this woman. Um, If you search up Luciana Berger's name on Twitter, there is just absolutely fucking horrific shit that people say about her that people say they want done to her it's horrible um and so I mean a lot of people have said for a long time you know that misogyny in politics is something that still needs to be dealt with um in terms of the Labour Party in particular, some people will say that Labour gets judged more harshly, but I would say that is essentially a problem of Labour's own making, actually, because, I mean, the Labour Party has um, has created a, a brand for itself, so to speak, of being a progressive movement. And they have gained votes from that and they have gained uh, public support, celebrity support, donations, um, all sorts of shit because they brand themselves as progressive. So when people discover, you know, misogyny from Labour members or within the Labour Party, people are more angry about it than they would be, for example, if they found out that the Tories had done that because... I mean, it sounds unfair, and maybe it is, but 
you know, because obviously, you know, misogyny, you know, to use that as an example, is obviously wrong, whichever party it comes from. But I think people expect better from Labour because Labour have conditioned us over the years to think that we can expect better of Labour. And so when you see um, these sorts of things happening, it's it's, it's like more disappointing. I, I don't I don't really know how to phrase it. So, um, you know... Um, would it be fair to say all of what is being sent to Rosie Duffield is from Labour members? Probably not, because it probably isn't. However, from what we can see, there are a number of Labour members that are involved. And so... It it does appear as well, which I think makes the situation worse, that the party don't really want to talk about it like um a number of times members of you know senior members of of the labor party and the the shadow cabinet were asked about the issue and they were all just kind of like well we told rosie it would be fine so you know and that's not really an answer because even if you disagree fundamentally with somebody, the fact that they feel afraid to go places, the fact that they have been threatened is obviously a problem. And you can't just say, well, we talked to her and we told her it'd be fine. Because you have to think about these things in context. You can, you can say to, to someone like her or to Luciana Berger, oh, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. But what about, you know, the fact that there was, you know, somebody who literally went to prison a couple of years ago for trying to marry... Marry? Jesus. Uh, Murder, sorry. I don't even know what I was thinking about there. But yes, there was a a man who went to prison. He was involved in a plot to murder a Labour member of Parliament. Who again was a woman. A terrorist murdered a Labour member of Parliament, who again was a woman. It's not really enough to say to someone, you'll be safe, you'll be fine. Because you have to look, you know, the violent threats against members of Parliament tend to go more towards women. Uh, The Member of Parliament, I believe, that gets the most abuse out of everybody is Diane Abbott surprise she's a woman and and a black woman at that and apparently to some people in society that's the worst thing you can be um you know and and she just daily almost fucking hourly abuse if you search diane abbott's name on twitter as well it's the same thing just constant misogyny racism it's honestly (laughs) this shit is fire I don't talk to strangers. (laughs) People scare the shit out of me, man. Um, And here's the thing. You can disagree with what Rosie Duffield says. You You can sit there and you can deconstruct what she says. And you can say, okay, I think you're wrong here, here and here. Uh, Here's why I think that. Um, You can say all of that without threatening her, you know? It's very easy. 
there are people that do that all the time there are a number of uh members of the trans community that are doing that all the time you know and I, I just I don't really understand what people think they gain from fucking threatening someone that's batshit um she was uh also involved in um good grief a little country controversy um this week uh she was on the radio having a little talk having a little chat um she was being interviewed she talked about her thoughts and her feelings um and there was a lot of upset based on something that she discussed um they talked about one of the the tweets that she had liked and the sentiment behind it and things like that so the tweet was because apparently she liked this tweet on on twitter obviously um and it says it's by a man called curtis I, I don't know who this man is but um so the tweet says i'm so sick of hearing about how queer has been reclaimed i had that word spit in my face as recently as 2018 and look at who is reclaiming it mostly heterosexuals cosplaying as the opposite sex and as gay stop co-opting our language stop colonizing gay culture um wow um i mean firstly (laughs) on a personal note i found it quite funny that this guy was like stop colonizing gay culture when actually if you look at a lot of gay culture it's colonized from lots of other places that's interesting um for example some people could say stop colonizing uh black culture which a lot of gay culture comes from but you know i'm just i'm just saying um you know secondly i mean it started off the whole fucking is queer still a slur discourse um (sighs) well if you'd like my opinion kids um personally i don't like being labeled as that i would prefer that someone would just refer to me you know in a specific term i understand that some people have reclaimed it and they refer to it as like an umbrella term in the same way as like lgbt or you know things like that um but personally i would just prefer that someone would call me a lesbian because it's firstly because it took me forever to be accepting of who I am and so now I am I'm like I, I, you know I fucking fought for this shit I mean yes I was fighting with myself but like still <laughs> it's mine and I would like it if you don't mind <laughs> secondly I you know I I do feel uncomfortable with you know queer as a label for myself because of the history of the word um it's like I've talked about this a little before, but I'm I'm mixed race, and there are some people that will, you know, say the N word, for example, and there are even some mixed race people that say the N word. I personally don't feel comfortable saying it. I don't like it. 
Um, and I wouldn't want someone to refer to me that way and I wouldn't want to say it myself. I kind of feel the same. Although obviously, you know, because it's been reclaimed in a wider way, because like the M word, it's it's just like, you know, it's it's not, it's not an umbrella term. So it's sort of like still has a lot more like, um, how I put it, like, like you can't say this energy. I don't know. um I just I personally I don't like that as a label for me however if somebody else would like to refer to themselves as that it doesn't really take anything away from me because if someone you know some people make the argument of you know oh but you know if you let someone else call themselves that then everyone will start calling everyone that and you know, and then you'll get called that yourself even though you don't want to. And I get that, but I could just correct someone and I could say, hey, I I don't really like being called that, can you call me something else instead? You know, everybody has the ability to do that. And yeah, it's a little bit fucking inconvenient, but like, it's not the end of the world. Um, And if that is a, a, a word that someone wants to reclaim, I'm not gonna argue with them and tell them that they can't. Because here's the thing, he is trying to say that apparently it's mostly heterosexuals cosplaying as the opposite sex and as gay. Um, I mean, that was a very thinly veiled, I mean, okay, girl. Um, However, I don't think that's actually true, really. I mean... I know a lot of, you know, older members of the community, um, you know, younger members as well, um, people that aren't trans at all, actually, there's quite a lot of, you know, not trans people who are happily using that label and reclaimed it far before the trans community really did that, um, so... (laughs) I feel like maybe that's a bit revisionist in terms of like reality but okay girl um you know I don't like it for me but if someone else likes it and they want to use it for themselves fine if they use it for me I will correct them because I deserve to be referred to as I would like to and that's fair um and they deserve to be referred to as they would like to and that's fair too um I feel like it's one of those things where it can be easily solved by just using your fucking words and asking people and just saying hey you know are you cool with me calling you this okay you're not cool what do you want me to say i mean people do this shit all the time with pronouns like why why can't we just do the same with this word like and then that would solve a lot of problems if someone doesn't want to fucking be called that it's fine if someone still finds it offensive that's fine they don't have to be referred to like that they can you don't have to refer to someone else like that either actually I mean it doesn't really come up I mean how often do you have conversations where you discuss identity labels I don't anyways um but Rosie Duffield apparently liked this tweet right and then she kind of talked about this some more in her interview and there were a lot of people that were upset with what she said um apparently she talked about how lots of gay men 
are upset about this. Um, I mean, I know gay men that are happy to be called that and reclaimed it and whatever. I also know lots of gay men that fucking hate it. Um, despite the fact that we're apparently on a, a community, there isn't one key decision maker. So I don't really feel that Rosie Duffield, as a person who isn't even in the community, should be speaking on behalf of all gay men in this way. Um, especially as there are a lot of gay men that were really angry that she did. Um, I mean... Girl. I... (laughs) I just... Again, where were her team? Because this could have been avoided. (laughs) Like, who thought do you know what let's just get let's just let her go on the radio and say this this is not going to be controversial at all like who does that um i would say though like this is not something really and no offense to them i fucking love straight people i think they're they're very nice but this isn't really your decision to make it's not really anyone's decision to make because it's an individual decision that every lgbt person is going to make for themselves um some people are cool with it some people are not cool with it you know but it's not really up to rosie duffield for example to be speaking on behalf of gay men when she is neither gay nor a man i very that (laughs) very that um but there were a number of gay men and bisexual men as well that were very upset by what she said um as well as of course a number of the trans community who were very upset too so i just (sighs) I feel like if she's going to be... If she if she's going to be going on the radio and deciding she's going to speak for people that she doesn't really, you know, have a full understanding of, because let's be real, if she did, she wouldn't have said what she said. Because, like I said, there are some people that call, there are some people that are not call. It's not an easy answer and for her to reduce it and act like it is it's kind of (laughs) gross I just Rosie Duffield stop speaking on behalf of communities you don't belong to challenge that's all that's how I feel about that (laughs) I was like come on girl what is this that wraps up the episode for today but i'll be back next week
weekend with another episode and I look forward to having more conversations and chats and laughs and things with you. You can send me an email. Uh, The email address is down in the description. You can send me your hot takes. You can send me your thoughts and your feelings. Um, I mean, they should be primarily political, but like if they're not, that's also okay. (laughs) Um... You can also uh, check us out on Instagram description. You will find the link for that as well. And I will see you next time. I love you. Bye. What the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? Frankly, Russia should go away, it should shut up.